0: Doings of Doyle is sponsored by Belanger Books, home of the best Sherlock Holmes anthologies featuring today's top Sherlockian authors. Belanger Books is the only authorised publisher of Solar Ponds Mysteries, continuing the Sherlock Holmes legacy into the 21st century. Visit them today at belangerbooks.com. Welcome to Doings of Doyle, a podcast dedicated to the works of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the creator of Professor Challenger, Brigadier Gerard, and, of course, Sherlock Holmes. I'm
1: Mark Jones. And I'm Paul Chapman. And together we'll be exploring Doyle's eclectic bibliography to understand more about the great man's life and work. We'll be discussing his fiction and non-fiction, the well-known and the obscure.
0: And stopping by Baker Street along the way. You can find out more at doingsofdoyle.com or follow us at doingsofdoyle on Twitter. Hello and welcome to episode 44. Today we are delighted to be joined by author and journalist Andrew Lycett to talk about his latest book, The Worlds of Sherlock Holmes. Andrew has written a number of well-received biographies of mainly literary figures, including Ian Fleming, Dylan Thomas, Wilkie Collins, Rudyard Kipling and, of course, Arthur Conan Doyle. His 2007 biography, Conan Doyle, the Man Who Created Sherlock Holmes, and his 2020 volume, Conan Doyle's Wide World, are essential reading for every self-respecting Doylean. His latest book, published by Francis Lincoln, is The Worlds of Sherlock Holmes, a lavishly illustrated examination of the social, political, and intellectual environment which spawned both Sherlock Holmes and his creator, Conan Doyle. Andrew, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello. Nice, Nice to be with you. Hello, Andrew. Uh, Thanks for joining us on the podcast. And um, the first question from me is, you'll be well known to listeners of this podcast for your 2007 biography of Conan Doyle. Um, How did you arrive at at, at Doyle as a subject for biography? Well, I'd done
2: a handful of biographies before then. um, And um, basically what happened was that I'd done a biography of Rudyard Kipling, and he was roughly of the same era as conan doyle and i was interested in following up on that to an extent um i was fascinated by the story of when conan doyle went to the united states in 1894 Mm. to sort of promote himself having actually at that stage um abandoned sherlock holmes um he met up with kipling um and they were sort of Two British authors in in North America, um, two British two British authors with quite a sort of wide understanding of of the world, uh, and that interested me. And actually, mm. at that time, uh, when I'd just done my Kipling biography, which was something like um, nineteen ninety nine, I think, I did approach the Conan Doyle estate about doing a biography of um, of Conan Doyle. Indeed. Mm uh it was at a sort of at a time when they they didn't really want to engage on that and, and i kind of understand why um it was um they were sort of bringing the estate to fruition uh to yeah. uh, you know because um that became clear in 2004 mm-hmm. when um you know the all the the sort of um documents and photographs and everything um associated with this estate were put up for sale at um, Christie's and that was 2004 and that was a you know magnificent occasion I mean not saying that you know mm. they got everything because I, I believe they didn't but um, you know th- there was a significant amount of material manuscripts and particularly letters uh letters um between Conan Don and his mother um and you know this sparked me again I mean I hadn't given up mm. on the idea but this sparked me again to sort of get out there and make make the connection with conan doyle estate Um, they didn't they didn't say don't go ahead Uh, it was a difficult (laughs) time for them because it was you know as you probably know was the um the time when um the the unfortunate death of richard lanson green and you know um but nevertheless um there was a scope for a new biography of conan doyle and um you know, it's not a subject that hasn't been done before by <laughs> HR. but you know i was able to um look at these papers that were you know in in the um the sale at christie's which were a lot of them were uh, bought by the british library and you know also they were bought by uh, collectors largely in the united states but they proved very amenable Mm. Uh, to my looking at them and you know they were very kind basically and you know very supportive um I thought I was would be able to bring a new approach to Conan Doyle's life and Mm. Uh, my book, Julie, came out three years later, 2007, as you already said.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's an, an astonishing achievement as well. I mean, I've been very lucky to to be in the British Library at times and look through some of those same letters. There's nothing quite like going back to the original source material like that. And
2: Absolutely. And, yeah. and there's so much, really. I mean, I just say the letters, but there's diaries mm. and not not totally comprehensive, but, you know, it just gives you a nice, and also some of the the lesser figures in the, that Conan Doyle um, associated with, but, you know, add color to the story.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, we should really talk about this, This your new book to, to today, which <laughs> is, true, yeah. which, is uh, which is The World of Sherlock Holmes, and, and it is a fascinating worlds. read. Worlds. The Worlds. Worlds. The Worlds <laughs> of Sherlock Holmes. The Worlds <laughs> yeah, yeah. of Sherlock Holmes. Um, and it's a fascinating read. I mean, it's a grand survey um, of this incredible period of change um, that spawned both Conan Doyle and obviously Sherlock Holmes and you managed to achieve a, a balance throughout this book between the sort of life of Conan Doyle on the one hand and the and the fiction of Sherlock Holmes on the other and I wondered what was the your intention going into the book and um, how easy was it for you to achieve that kind of balance that you you've managed to strike
2: well it was um, an interesting new Departure in some ways, because as we've said, I'd done a number, a number of, bar- number of biographies, including the one of, of Conan Doyle, uh, and this was looking largely, um, well, looking in part, anyway, at a fictional figure, uh, which I hadn't done before, mm. and um, so. But the the job description was uh to do exactly what i've just emphasized really it was about the, the worlds of mm. sherlock holmes uh, and it meant really the kind of all the things that went to, went into making up this figure incorporating um you know both sort of imaginary worlds that he that he lived in uh, and also conan doyle's own um, world, which you know, was well defined because you know he was a, a sturdy figure who had his own presence <laughs> in the world. Um, but and and the way that they they kind of um, interlinked and influenced each other. And uh, there has been this fiction for quite some time that um, Sherlock Holmes's author was or biographer was <laughs> Dr. Watson. And uh, that um, Conan Doyle was um, just the literary agent who brought these to publication. Mm, mm. I think. I mean, inter- I think it's interesting. And you know, you with your work, you know, have sort of done quite a bit to bring Conan Doyle back into the picture. And, and I think that the general Sherlockian world is beginning to sort of tilt slightly. Mm. I don't know what your opinion about that is? Yeah. But, um, Anyway, the point really being is that uh, you know I, I wanted to explore that world. I mean, in, in very crude terms, it's it's the world you know as the song says, uh, uh, the world of of eighteen ninety five. <laughs> I mean, the, the first chapter that I I really get into before after an introduction is is to do with the places yeah. that um, Sherlock Holmes inhabited, and indeed Conan Doyle uh, mm. not exactly inhabited, but you know the way that. Conan Doyle's travels, in particular, because again, I've written about that, sort of had some influence on this.
0: Yeah, I mean, in terms of the kind of themes that you you picked up, the the various worlds as you've, we've discussed here. I mean, you you picked on several um, aspects: the political aspect, the cultural aspect. I was quite interested in the fact that you you picked on science as well. Science was very prominent within this, and you um, uh, you flagged that quite early on in the introduction. Was that a particular? Interest to you is that something a field that you have particular affinity with, or or interest, or you know why did science come up as one of the prominent worlds that you wanted to look at?
2: I think um, Conan Doyle was a scientist. I mean, he was a, a doctor, but you know you can call that a scientist. And uh, Sherlock Holmes was too. I mean, we first meet sherlock holmes in his laboratory <laughs> and um you know there's a very strong um similarity there between the training if you like of uh, conan doyle and sherlock holmes mm. it's it's you know it's it's often said you know how conan doyle drew on his tutor uh at, at edinburgh university mm. joseph bell uh for the way that sherlock holmes looked at a. The mm. case, you know, it was similar to the uh, medical examination conducted by uh, Joseph, uh, Dr. Joseph Bell in mm. the Edinburgh Royal Infirmary when uh, Conan Doyle was um, his a sort of assistant. Uh, he was yes. still at university. Mm. But the point really is that, uh, you know, I just I mean, that was a th- something that I I'd flagged up back in my biography that, you know, Conan Doyle's. Uh, sort of scientific background was very important the way that Mm. you know he had been at edinburgh university which had a sort of tradition of empirical um, examination of things and um, conan doyle picked that up and and sort of ran with it Mm. of course he didn't go on to be in any way a scientist um, but you know it's it's established it's well known that uh, you know when he was a student you know he used to do Sort of experiments on himself, <laughs> uh, plant alkaloids <laughs> mm-hmm. and things like that. Yes. You, know, which, you know, quite um, quite sort of dangerous in some ways. And um, <laughs> yes. now I mean, as far as Conan Doyle and indeed Sherlock Holmes and and science is concerned, um, you know, this was very much part of my remit. Mm. Um, the the book itself was something that a publisher came to me and asked me to do so it wasn't exactly Mm. my idea um but you know I I was very much uh you know it 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 was something that I really was excited about because Mm. you know it it was something I I wanted to re-examine I hadn't really written very much about Conan Doyle um and even less about (laughs) Sherlock Holmes so my feeling is that both Sherlock Holmes and Conan doyle are about sort of finding out about things yeah. and the word that i typically used actually was questing they were yeah. all both on quests mm. and i tried to incorporate that into all the things that i um focused on mm. you know su- such as science and of course um technology was 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 coming into mm. was becoming important uh and um both uh conan doyle initially and then sherlock holmes sort of reflected this it was also just to finish that it was also the period of expansion uh geographically and politically Mm. yeah and that was something that i wanted to get in in describing the worlds of sherlock holmes that it was you know i mean it was the period of imperialism and i do sort of examine that and you know conan doyle was definitely an imperialist Mm -hmm. Um, but he was what was described as a liberal imperialist Mm um he and that's sort of things that i i go into in my um my book which is i mean i look into the way that conan doyle having been um basically of irish extraction on both (laughs) sides of his family was sort of interested in the um the irish question yes and his mm-hmm. positions on home rule for example um he was initially very against fenianism you know he he was against any kind of um sense of revolutionary activity but mm. um you know then he came around and you know that again is sort of an interesting part of the story because he came around through his friendship with Uh, Roger Casement Mm. who who was a British diplomat who'd investigated crimes of slavery basically Mm. in the Congo and Conan Doyle had picked this up and you know had um, written about it and you know he was he was incensed about this and he then kept up with um, with uh, Casement who you know contributed to Um, books of his in one way or another, such as The Lost World. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when Casement became very sort of determined in his Irish republicanism and, you know, became a revolutionary, Conan Doyle didn't, you know, took easy with him on that. But Mm. when Casement was um, arrested for treason, Conan Doyle supported him, uh, basically. And, you know, he kind of lobbied against the execution of, of roger
1: caseman yeah mm. yeah do, do, do you find that this is one of the most fascinating aspects about doyle is 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 you know i i've, I've said this before I've, i find so many people are so willing to just put him in a box you know he's the big six footer with the big mustache and he looks like imperialism personified and he's he's enormously complex and and what you just described with, with with casement is is a is a case in point, um, and and this complexity. Do you, do you feel having done this book as a comparison in a way of Doyle and, and Holmes, that this complexity then goes across into Holmes, and that in a way Doyle can use his fictional character to do that? I
2: definitely think that yes, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's quite difficult to explain in some ways, but um, you know the fact that. Conan Doyle was this complex character with differing opinions and you know mm. differing approaches and change ones that, that changed um, as well. Mm. Uh, he was also, I mean, sort of paradoxically but not exactly um, immutable, you know, that you know, he was very much, you know, that solid man that you, you described, mm. but you know, he he was remarkably um, open to um to other points of view, I suppose it is true to mm. say, um, mm. and um, you know, this certainly transferred to to Sherlock Holmes. I mean, in a way, um, you know, Sherlock Holmes, the the consulting detective. I mean, his business was about sort of being open to various possibilities about you know um, outcomes for uh, cases that he was involved in, and you know, it calls for a lot of Empathy mm. uh, which um, and obviously knowledge of the world, mm. uh, which Conan Doyle definitely had
0: mm. yeah, what we see in this in this period generally is is an, um, a whole series of changes coming rapidly on top of one another, you know technological, political, social, cultural um, and um, the, you know to go back to your point about eighteen ninety five it's interesting that in a way Sherlock Holmes almost gets pickled in aspic. In the middle of this. The stories are written late into the nineteen twenties, but actually Sherlock Holmes's existence sort of ends around Mm. about nineteen oh three. Yes, we get, you know, his last bow and uh the lines of pain. But but mostly he's he's kind of at that, you know, right at the, the the turn of the century. Um
2: Yeah. I I understand what you're saying, and and um, you know, there is a an answer to that i'm i'm not sure if it's sort of rather a pat answer but i'll, I'll i mean it, it <laughs> is that Conan doyle killed off sherlock holmes in 1893 it was and um never quite sort of resurrected his his interest in, <laughs> in um uh the character after that i i you know this is something that i'm, I'm still sort of playing with if you like because yeah. you know i think there are some very interesting stories later in the, the canon yeah and um you know i i'm i feel that you know perhaps there will be room for sort of reinterpretation of some of those later stories uh over the over the years but um you know that would be my sort of answer to that
1: mm. um I, I think this is a a good point to to come in with with this idea of conan doyle as contributor to his period oh. up to now uh, or up to the past 20 30 years being sort of in the background and overshadowed by sherlock holmes but the more you look into him now you can see he he really was at the center of so much of what was going on in his period that that, that he almost can now be seen as 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 as, as a, an exemplar uh, and a figure on whom to put lots of hooks yeah. almost to yes, to, right. to study the period
2: well obviously I think that Conan Doyle was pretty important um mm. because I you know that's where that was my point of entry as, always, <laughs> as a person as Conan Doyle's biographer um but yes I I think that Conan Doyle was a significant figure uh he you know he had uh interests he was very well connected um mm uh but you know it wasn't as though he was sort of dined every night with the Prime Minister or anything <laughs> like that but you know he just he was a club man he was mm. very sociable uh and um so you know he's sort of he was very much in tune with his times if you like mm. and from that point of view you know he's 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 very interesting he's also a man who had so many interests and so many mm. Some aspects to him that it makes him um you know a sort of doubly interesting or whatever mm. you might say, but in the sense that you know he was a writer, obviously, and you know, a very good one. You know, he trained as a doctor, so he knew about his science and his medicine. And mm. um, you know, he was interested in the wider world. Well, I think I've dealt with that one, but you know, other things such as he was interested, in. this is the subject of it's a sort of minor part of my of my book that we're discussing but you know he was interested in sport mm-hmm. he was interested in the arts you know and um if you want to ask to what extent was conan doyle important in the world uh and what influence did he have well obviously Sherlock holmes you know that was his main influence <laughs> i don't think there's any doubt about that mm. um you know i think everybody knew Conan Doyle. um you know he was a man of great influence and greatly respected i think that somehow or other you get into the sort of 20th century and definitely into the the war years and uh his influence uh begins to wane mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know this you know he wants to write the great history of the great uh, the history of the great war and you know there's somebody else there to do it in fact Mm and um and then of course i mean then you it brings into play the fact that he became obsessed i think i'll stick with that word with spiritualism (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um you know he's still you know a, a sort of well respected figure but he just mm. doesn't you know people don't really consider him to be at the forefront mm. of um sort of intellectual life or anything mm. like mm-hmm. which in a way i mean obviously if you're a spiritualist you think differently but um, you know in the general kind of uh, aspect of things um I and mean, one of the interesting things i mean just struck me then he was very much the masculine yes. imperialist mm-hmm. etc but there are aspects of you know he 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 did manage to reflect in a funny kind of way uh that that sort of unease that um began to develop in the sort of last decade of the Mm -hmm. the 19th century that um you know the 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 the, um politics weren't going to work out exactly as it you know that there was tensions Mm -hmm. the british empire wasn't Going to be you know sort of have everything running before it uh, there was the ball war etc and so conan doyle did somehow manage to reflect that mm. um, and it was then that was the era of you know the certainties of the victorian era were just beginning to que- be questioned by mm. people like freud and people yeah. in, in, mm. in, in physics now you don't find that coming out kind of exactly in in conan doll or in sherlock holmes but you do get it reflected in i would like to argue in sherlock holmes's bohemianism yes uh, and mm. you know also you could almost put it you know the fact that sherlock holmes as a uh, partaker of the drug cocaine you know mm. that yeah you know he wasn't he wasn't a stereotype character and actually that mm. is my um Answer,
0: mm. both
2: Conan Doyle and Sherlock Holmes, and in fact you did refer to this earlier, are characters with different aspects to their natures, mm. Um, mm. lead to their enduring um, qualities, their enduring yes sort of mm. aspect in, in, mm. in history, as it were.
0: Yeah, I think that's right, and I think also there's something there in, in what you say about you know the the fact that you have this rapid period of change there is this sort of dislocation happening for people towards the end of the 19th century and i wonder i've always wondered if that's maybe why Con- conan doyle always placed sherlock holmes in this time period that actually sherlock holmes is both a bohemian figure mm-hmm. which gives you the sort of flexibility to explore some of these changes but you also pickle him in aspic in 1895 in that he he's never going to change that much beyond it, it <laughs> even even sherlock holmes in 1927 looks like he did in 19 yeah. 1900 Correct. you know it's that kind of thing but um that's right i wondered um also when you came to looking at the 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 sort of parallel lives of conan doyle and sherlock holmes as you do in the worlds of sherlock holmes um were there any sort of synergies or connections that particularly surprised you with the things that you know you you discovered. In the course of writing the book, that you maybe hadn't appreciated before,
2: I suppose one of the surprising things was, you know, in a way, how, despite being similar in in so many ways, um, Conan Doyle and Sherlock Holmes were so different in other ways. You yes, know, and, you know, you've got uh, Conan Doyle the sporting figure, mm. and you know, you know, and. and Sherlock Holmes this person who actually would in many respects prefer to be sort of in his (laughs) rooms in Baker Street but that having said that um you know again I I look into this in my book that um Sherlock Holmes had his sporting interests (laughs) and you know I look into them I think there's even a chapter devoted to them there is kind of again the sort of correspondence the, the kind of parallels with with Conan Doyle. So that just goes mm. back to the the complexity and the of, of the whole story, which makes it interesting. Yeah, it wasn't exactly surprising, but you know, it was surprising in a sense that you know how interesting it was, and you know how fascinated I was with, um, uh, you know Sherlock Holmes, and you know this particularly this interrelation with him and and Conan mm. Doyle, which somehow or other, again going back to something that I said, you know, has somewhat being skirted over i mean would you agree i mean yeah is that, is oh, absolutely just, uh, no no <laughs> i think we it's
0: been a recurring theme of ours mm. on, the, on the podcast that you know
1: where do you well bring, that's what i
0: would have thought yeah. where do you bring him out from mm. from the shadow of sherlock holmes um, and, and it,
1: it it is interesting what would be saying that with the, the your approach to to this book and and a, a kind of knowing less about Sherlock Holmes, it's kind of the opposite approach to most previous Doyle biographers who've been brought in through Sherlock Holmes and, and used yeah. that as, as the basis, whereas you've gone the other way and and come from the, the, the Doyle aspect and, and as Very you say, through, through Kipling and, and that world that Doyle inhabited. And the, the Sherlock Holmes is actually on the fringes of that rather than <laughs> at the centre, mm. um, which is, is a totally different approach to to... Right. to most of, of your predecessors well i
2: mean that's certainly a, a you know I, I would would not disagree with that um mm-hmm. you know judgement definitely yeah. um so i mean whether that i mean i hope that doesn't mean that you know i kind of you know i mean i'm aware that the the world the world of sherlockians you know it's quite
1: mm-hmm.
2: quite precise and you know people <laughs> very much sort of look into you know they 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 remember things you know what exactly happened in this story, and um, you know I, I'm getting it, I'm getting in that direction. <laughs> I haven't, haven't
1: quite reached it yet. I think. In, in that sort of respect, I, I think it's 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 it is particularly fascinating as well that you're also um, biographer Ian Fleming, oh. and another writer who was taken over by his creation in 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 many ways. And did, did you find any sort of as you delve more into Sherlock Holmes and Doyle? Did you find any? degrees of parallel there between fleming and bond and and and, and homes and doyle and and was fleming influenced in his creation of bond by doyle and Holmes in any way um just to deal with the latter
2: i can't honestly say that um fleming was influenced by Holmes. i mean mm. i have written about other people that you've you've mentioned my other biographies that you know mm. you do see I mean, for example, you know, I wrote about Kipling. You know, mm. there are uh, instances where Conan and Don and Kipling kind of work together almost. And, um, mm. uh, but, um, and also I wrote a book about Wilkie Collins, the, mm. Uh, mm. the mm. earlier uh, Victorian novelist. And, you know, definitely um, Wilkie Collins' uh, efforts at, Well, he wide-ranging novelist again, but Mm. you know he wrote um, the Moonstone, and uh, you know his sort of work, which features a a, you know a a very prominent detective. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm. so, you know, the point really is that uh, you know I think Conan Doyle did read, uh, although he didn't actually. I don't remember him referring to, but there are there is evidence of um, Wilkie Collins's uh influence in his stories mm. to get back to bond and i mean again um perhaps a bit of a trite answer but i hope not is that you know why why do we why are we still aware of these characters because mm. somehow or other you know leave on one side the, the writings which in both cases are very good um you know they were uh, appropriated by um people who presented a visual image of Mm. uh Mm. of sherlock holmes and then of james bond and so Mm. you know actually one of the features of of my book is you know the importance that i give to the way that sort of popular image of sherlock holmes with the pipe and stuff like that Mm. how that was based Mm. on um the play that was um uh became um very popular at the turn of the the, the 19th 20th century mm. um, um uh with uh william gillette in the in the, mm. the, the the um the main part and you know that introduced uh, sherlock holmes to a very wider well a much wider range of people in particularly in the united states but you know mm. he was so popular in this and then of course you begin to get the um uh Um, the films which i also look into and you know so Mm. that was an that's part of the the sherlock holmes story the the Mm. films and um the happy coincidence uh that um sherlock holmes came at the time of sort of increasing technology and conan doyle particularly was interested in film cameras you know he yeah had, yeah. had been a photographer yeah. in his early days <clears throat> and um strangely in mean, the for i mean i think not so not significant in this context reasons um uh there weren't that many um british or american films of sherlock holmes early on mm. and you mm. know again you know it's interesting that they they came those films came from uh Germany and Denmark in particular. Mm-hmm. So the the image became yes. important. Mm-hmm. Uh and obviously, you know, I think it goes without saying that's true of James Bond. Mm-hmm. You know, would yeah. ha, you know, who's now, you know, sort of um you know everybody in the world knows James Bond, as yes. indeed everybody in the world knows Sherlock Holmes. But mm. I think that you know what was it that brought James Bond out of just being another one of the English thriller mm. heroes? Uh, I think that somehow or other, and this goes back to another thing that we've said. You know, there was something. I mean, you know, you wouldn't have had that happy coincidence and that way that the the films and the the kind of the Britain work um, sort of worked together you wouldn't have that if the characters themselves weren't sort of made for the that for the for the genre the, mm. the characters mm. themselves weren't sort of sympathetic and you know just interesting and exciting
0: mm. yeah yeah there's mm. something about those core characters we were we've we've recently done episodes on both the final problem and the empty house and bond came up in both because of mm. course fleming Fleming managed to kill off Bond.
2: <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> and bring I, him I, back.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yes, <I do>. he <laughs> Um and uh, but I think you I think it's a very uh, it's a very interesting chapter in in the book uh, about um the sort of media representations of of Sherlock Holmes and um you know Sherlock Holmes now is uh um is sort of well, famously now is public is 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 public property as it as it were, mm. um, and uh, you get uh, uh, now a sort of proliferation of different interpretations of Sherlock Holmes, which each in their own way keeps keeps. Um, Sherlock Holmes alive brings people back eventually to eighteen ninety five actually I think but yes. um interesting it hasn't quite happened that same way with bond yet, but maybe we're maybe we're still within the copyright window on bond <laughs> well
2: that's <laughs> you, you put your finger absolutely yeah. on it yes indeed. Yeah. I mean, he's he's in copyright both in the literary bond and the film bond so um yeah you know, um, uh, you know and and though you know operate run by um you know, um, particularly, I suppose in the film sense, you know that they you know they are very sort of they guard their property quite closely <laughs> yes <you> absolutely
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely <laughs> right yes another another aspect of the kind of continuation of the life of of Sherlock Holmes that you discuss in the book is actually uh fandom and and how um the character is taken forward by um enthusiasts around the world, um so you know what 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 drew you to 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 that part of the 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 story? Why did you want to include include a chapter on um <sighs> on the sort of fan afterlife
2: <laughs> yeah well i w- I wanted to say something about you know the way that Sherlock uh, Holmes has endured, and you know I thought that the story of the way that Sherlock um, Holmes has been studied initially, and you know the way that he was taken up and, you know, the setting up of societies that um, kind of, um, you know, (laughs) perpetuated his memory, if you like, and and studied him, you know, was significant. And, you know, that also led to, well, the proliferation of, of, you know, uh, interest in him around the world. Obviously, there are parallels there with um, Fleming and James Bond because, you know, there are wide range of societies and stuff um it was something that i i i suppose i I wanted to (laughs) uh, um inform myself about it to an extent Uh, you know you know that is always a good reason to do do a bit of writing absolutely you know you you want to want to find out about something and uh you know actually i suppose i have to admit you know i didn't know too much about uh, the aspects of fanfic and stuff like that that uh, <laughs> I subsequently, you know, found not just that, you know, interesting examples of it, but I, you know, there was a whole kind of um area of study, you know, with um, you know, it's almost all sort of academic in its uh way that it's it is now approached. And mm-hmm. you know, that that is of great interest.
0: Mm. Well and circling back to I think something that you said at the beginning, um, or a question you posed at the beginning about you know, Conan Doyle's place in the mix, as it were. Um, mm. And uh, I think we have seen in recent years, probably in the last 10 years particularly, um, Conan Doyle start to come a bit more into the story, including societies that will not just talk about Sherlock Holmes, but also talk about aspects of Conan Doyle's life uh, yeah. and work. And I think also we've really seen that very recently in the academic field as well. So fingers crossed, we get to see Conan Doyle from um, the shadow of of, of Sherlock Holmes well also mm-hmm. because actually it enables us to understand the Sherlock Holmes stories that much more by appreciating his life and work which is mm-hmm. I think what you're really doing here in this book uh,
2: mm-hmm. you're absolutely right I, I would you know you put it much better than I put it so thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> you know it's really yes you know in order to understand the Sherlock Holmes stories you know you know, to understand conan doyle is is very important and yeah. uh, i mean i think that people haven't you know haven't really i mean it's not as though people have sort of failed to do that but you know to really kind of make a thing of it and mm. you know and to to kind of say you know there are very interesting parallels is is um it's worthwhile
1: yeah absolutely and so, sort of related to this, and certainly with 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 the fanfic and the copyright issues and so on. Um, going back a bit m- more, probably, but do do you, and again, as a biographer of Doyle as well, think that that there was a lot of damage done to to Doyle's latter day reputation by by the behaviour, in particular? I'm thinking of, of of Adrian and and Dennis Conan Doyle.
2: Yeah, let's just say let's just say that it's part of the story in the yes. sense that mm. you know estates sort of their management of them go through various evolving patterns if you mm. like and you know clearly uh, adrian conan doyle mm. and his brother dennis they they had quite a high-handed um, mm. a- attitude to their role in perpetuating their their father's memory mm. um you know i mean i think at the end of the day you know we've now got over that and mm. you know we can sort of look at it in a sort of historical way
0: something <laughs> mm, mm. and
2: may and i mean i think you know almost you know it's not my favorite character by any means but <laughs> i think that we might begin to examine adrian a bit more oh yeah you
1: know,
2: and, mm, you know, mm. um you know the way that i mean you know his uh, relationship with john dickens car and that mm. sort of thing you know i mean it's all part yeah. of the story if you like i didn't deal have, with that in 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 the,
1: in the book the, the the worlds of sherlock holmes there's an absolutely beautiful photograph of of adrian and john dixon Carr together which is a very expressive picture i think it's it's, it's just <laughs> wonderful <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: right well that, mm. that's that's part of, that's part of the story mm.
1: It, mm. you know it's interesting that there
2: is such a lot of interesting material i mean mm. you know mm. you uh, as podcasters have looked at conan doyle outside um, the canon and Mm -hmm. you know i mean obviously i think that people will begin to be interested in um you know the challenger stories more and things like that Mm -hmm. you know know, they do reflect aspects of conan doyle because they kind of you know hark back in a way to his time at edinburgh with various Mm -hmm characters and stuff like that but his interest in science his interest in the wider world the lost world and then Mm. of course you get his spiritualism coming (laughs) into Mm. the the later stories in the way Mm. that it is not
0: in the sherlock holmes it's Mm. not in
2: the sherlock holmes stories exactly
0: Mm. that's right that's right yes he's a he's an interesting case in point isn't he and that that felt he could he could bring his spiritualism to bear with challenger but he couldn't really do it with Sherlock Holmes.
2: No, no, it's, yeah. that's, that's an interesting story. I mean, yeah, why, why not? Or, you know, to what extent is there some aspects of the paranormal in the latest stories? Yeah, absolutely. Etc. Mm. Etc. Et yeah,
0: no, absolutely right. Well, Andrew, this has been fascinating. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We've really enjoyed talking to you about it and all the very best for the for the book. We wish mm-hmm. you every success with it. Um, and everybody can get it now I think at all good bookshops as they say
2: indeed well thank you very much and I've very much enjoyed it too and it's been good to sort of talk to a couple of people who you know sort of really know the uh how Conan Doyle and Sherlock Holmes sort of live in a world together and they you know Mm. you know you 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 must kind of take cognizance of, of both of them you know yeah. in order to understand the, the, the whole f- phenomenon if you like
0: indeed thank you very much Andrew
1: thank you Andrew all the best
0: well that was really interesting to talk to Andrew and uh, we thank him again for coming onto the podcast and I was really taken by uh, the fact that the one of the key points of writing this book was to to um, infuse into our reading of of Sherlock Holmes an understanding of Doyle and Doyle's world and how that can ultimately enrich our understanding of the the Sherlock Holmes stories that we, we love and enjoy
1: yeah absolutely I, th- I think it's it's a totally valid and 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 well increasingly valid perspective mm. um now I, you know there's still plenty of room for the Sherlockian game if, if people want to play that that's mm. but there is this 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 growth of of interest in, in Doyle as as, as we've noted um and you, you you can you can enjoy the sherlock holmes stories without doyle perfectly well it's yes. not a problem but but you bring doyle into the mix you you actually you it enriches it yeah. it, in, it enriches your understanding um both of the writing of the stories themselves and what's informing the stories and also the world in which the stories are set and the world in which they were written so i i think you you to get full benefit, you you do have to take that approach, and yeah. and it does seem to be increasingly uh, being taken. Yeah. Um, w- without pushing the game entirely out of the way, as I say, for those who who want to play it, but uh, there's there's definitely a, a a shift in in the ground these days. Yes,
0: and I think Andrew's book is uh, is another milestone along that that journey that we're mm. we're on mm. at this point in time. Mm. So that wraps it up for this episode of the podcast. You can find the show notes at doingsofdoyle.com. And if you're interested in sponsoring or supporting the podcast, then check out the website where you can find out how you can uh, become a sponsor through Patreon or PayPal, or please leave us a rating or review on your podcaster of choice. So, Paul, what are we going to be looking at on the
1: next episode? Next episode, we're actually going to go right back to the earliest Existing Conan Doyle story, uh, the Haunted Grange of Gorsethorpe, which was written in the 1870s, lay forgotten in the Blackwoods archive for decades, and was finally published in in 2000. And it's it's absolutely fascinating to go back to study this this story and see where it all started.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So until then, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from me. Goodbye. You're going to start up on that wretched fiddle again, are you? Oh, we're in for one of those sessions, are we?
1: Precisely. Don't let me detain you, Watson. I expect this will be a 4 pipe problem at the very least.
0: Yeah. Well, take care you don't set the upholstery afire the way you did that night at Aspital Azouche.